Buenas tardes, buenas noches. Estamos aquí, Caro. Mari. Y nuestra, uh, nuestra persona invitada, Bunny. Say hi, Bunny. Hola. Hello. Soy bilingual. Estamos aquí en el patio de mi casa, por si se escucha un poquito raro. Ahora no, a ver, ¿de qué hablamos? Oh, Mari, ¿viste finalmente quién mató a Sara? Todavía no lo he terminado. What? ¿Tú lo viste, Bunny? No. You haven't seen it? No, what is it? It's really good. It's really I can good. ask you what it's about, but obviously you want us to watch it. Yeah. Yes. I'm almost done. Somebody, wait. Alguien mató a Sara. I need like two more episodes. Okay. Es con el bizcocho colombiano Manolo Cardona. Manolo. Yeah. The one that, the Diablo. Remember the novela? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, damn. He's hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, him. And I then, mean, no, he's not. <laughs> Por si acaso los maridos están escuchando. <laughs> anyway, um, de todas maneras, ¿qué hemos visto? ¿Qué más han visto en Netflix? Or... No, that's all I've been trying to catch up on. Bunny, no. ¿has visto algo? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I was obsessed for like three weeks straight with Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> What? I, I found out where um, the house that they filmed that was. We should go. Buffy's house? Yeah. Wait. And the high Buffy. school. And Wait, the high school. Pre-angel, angel, or post-angel? Girl. Pre, right? I watched the whole thing. Oh, damn. It was seven seasons. Seven seasons? 20-something episodes. 40-something minutes long. I That's watched committed. it from... Uh, committed, yeah. I was obsessed. <laughs> I love David Boreanaz. I no, no, I don't Spike. like it. Spike, Spike. Oh yeah, no. Spike. Yeah, that's kind of like True Blood. You, they're yeah. like I haven't seen True like, Blood. Um, what? Yes, what? I haven't seen <laughs> Money. I, I'm either not like seen... Eric or you like um, what was his name? The main guy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I think about yeah. when I think about you, True Blood. You go, you go with Eric. No, I don't like Eric. I think he was all pasty and stuff. Oh, so you like the other guy? Yeah. But he's all wow. Like, what was his name? But he's all dry and like. Who? <laughs> the main guy. You like Eric? Yeah, I liked Eric. No, I did not like Eric. What was so his note name? to self, I need to watch True Blood. Yeah, it's really good. Oh, I, I it has everything: vampires, fairies, all kinds of crap. Sex. Well, I mean, well, yes. <laughs> Olio. Um, I watched The Vampire Diaries. That was good. Oh, I never watched that. I've never seen it. Never that. seen it? No. It was so good. But what's it like? It's like about... It's kind of like Buffy? It kind, Yeah, it's about a girl um, who doesn't really... No. A mortal girl who falls in love with vampire brothers. Wait, both? She, yeah, but at different okay, times. Okay, so... Yeah. At different times? <laughs> yeah, different... No, different I don't decades. give a shit. Different decades. <laughs> No, different centuries too. Oh yeah, there's there's a time frame. She's mortal. She's a mortal. Explain mortal and centuries. She has a doppelganger. <laughs> Wait. Oh. You know what a doppelganger? Yeah. Is? No, I understand. <laughs> Wait. So, I'm a plastilina. No, watch it. So it's really good. Season five and six gets a little slow, but in the beginning, it's really good. How many seasons? Uh, it's more than three. Well, yeah, you said five and six. <laughs> <laughs> Too much tequila. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hoy estamos tomando cafecito, tequila y crimen. Mm. <laughs> That's like every episode. <laughs> Good crimen. 
Y las, las tres estamos contentas con el veredicto contra Chauvin. Justicia por cierta parte, descansa en paz George Floyd. Pero de todas maneras no es nada que debería parar el, la reforma social contra la gente de color, especialmente la gente afroamericana. Uh -huh, sí. Anyway. El uh, comienzo. El, yeah. el comienzo, yeah. Yeah. El comienzo. No es suficiente, pero comienzo. No es suficiente, ya. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. oh, otra cosa, queremos recordarles que por favor manden sus historias personales, así sean de crimen, de cuentos de bruja. Zombies. Zombies. <risa> <risa> si, si viven enseguida de un cementerio y ven cosas raras, mm. O si viven en una casa donde alguien mató a alguien, un homicidio, un crimen, donde sienten una presencia negativa o diabólica. Ch, 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 ch. <risa> oh, is that the noise you make? <risa> y ya, manden sus historias a cafecitoconcrimen.gmail.com If you have any spooky stories or murders that happen near you that you heard about, or zombies. Mm, zombies. Um, just write to us at cafecitoconcrimen at gmail.com. I, as the audience, would be really excited to hear your zombie prep stories. So how you prepare for any sort of apocalyptic thing coming. Because, not saying that I do, I do. But, like, if you have any advice, I'd love to hear it. Audience. Yep. <laughs> So today, Maddie's going to start first. This will be the... Uh, the other thing I wanted to say was that we're going to try to change the format of our podcast a little bit. Vamos a empezar con un idioma, con español. Las dos vamos a decir los cuentos en español y hacer nuestra despedida. Después en la descripción del episodio van a ver el marcador donde empieza el español o el inglés. Y va, va a ser lo mismo, pero en los dos idiomas y, y se va a diferenciar. También otras personas han dicho que, que para poder ver la descripción tienen que escoger el episodio y los detalles para que puedan ver los marcadores. So the, we're changing the format a little bit where we're going to say one we're going to say one language first and then do the both stories and then the goodbyes and then we'll do the other language same thing and then in order to see the markers you have to click on the details of the episode so it can give you the the minute or the time that it starts at. So if you want to skip ahead, you can do so. So for now, Mari's going to start in Spanish her story. No pressure, Mari. Hola, es una advertencia de este episodio contiene materia abuso sexual contra menores. La luz del mundo. Um, encontré cosas, investigué cosas en Wikipedia y LA Times. Sobre esta iglesia, tiene su sede en México y los reclama 5 millones de seguidores en 50 países. Muchos templos de este luego grupo cristiano evangélico se encuentran en comunidades latinas como el este de Los Ángeles, Huntington Park, San Bernardino, Redlands y Pasadena. Wait, ¿Ahora en el presente? Yeah. Like today? Yes. Like 21st century? Yes. <laughs> And they have, and, y tienen una iglesia, les costaron 8 millones de dólares en Texas. What? Ajá. Uh -huh. El piso es hecho de marble. No way. It's crazy. They have a lot of money. Y esta gente es latina. Mm -hmm. Los seguidores no celebran la Navidad o la Pascua, pero deben reconocer los cumpleaños de García y de los demás apóstoles autoproclamados. Empezó en Guadalajara, Jalisco, México, 
por el abuelo de García, Eusebio Joaquín González, nacido en 1896 hasta 1964. Samuel Joaquín Flores, su padre, nació en 1937 hasta 2014. Y el que es ahorita el jefe del, de la Iglesia de la Luz del Mundo se llama Nason, N-A-A-S-O-N. Nason, Nason, Joaquín García, nacido en 1969. Se cree que Eusebio fue llamado por Dios para restaurar la primitiva iglesia cristiana o Eusebio Aarón Joaquín fue sucedido por su hijo Samuel a su muerte en 1964. Este último fue sucedido por su hijo Nason Joaquín, que es considerado el único verdadero siervo de Dios y el apóstol de Jesucristo en su época. Las congregantes, la luz del mundo, no llevan maquillaje de joyas ni pantalones cortos a las que se les enseña a vestirse modestamente y someterse a sus maridos. Son basic. <risa> El 18 de mayo de 1987, un día después del 35 aniversario de la boda de Samuel Joaquín, that's the grandfather, el abuelo uh -huh. de Nathan, un puñado, oh no, el papá de Nathan, un puñado de mujeres reclamaron abusos sexuales por Samuel Joaquín 20 años antes. El 17 de agosto, el ex miembro Moisés Padilla Iñiguez también acusó a Samuel Joaquín de abusar sexualmente cuando era adolescente. Las acusaciones fueron encabezadas por grupos anticultos que exigen que la luz del mundo fuera despojada de su reconocimiento legal como organización religiosa. Para evitar impuestos. Sí. Lo, lo hacen con el... Pero había pasado una estatua de limitaciones por los presuntos crímenes y la iglesia negó esas afirmaciones. En febrero de 1998, dos días antes del cumpleaños de Samuel Joaquín, Padilla, la víctima que lo acusó de una agresión sexual cuando era adolescente, informó de haber sido secuestrado y apuñalado 57 bríos poco profundos por dos pistoleros. Los pistoleros arbitraron a Padilla contra ridicar a un dirigente de la iglesia. En junio de 2019, el actual líder de la luz del mundo, Nathan Joaquín García, fue detenido en LAX, el aeropuerto en Los Ángeles, por delitos sexuales junto con su confedante, Susana Medina Oaxaca. Un tercer confedante, Alondra Ocampo, fue detenido en el condado de Los Ángeles y cuar el cuarto confedante, como Azalea, Azalea Rangel Meléndez, sigue en libertad. They can't find her. And this was in 2019? Yes. That was recent. 2019. Yeah. Un departamento de justicia de California aleja entre 2015 y 2018 Nason, Joaquín y tres confinantes cometieron 26 delitos, entre ellos la trata de seres humanos, la producción de pornografía infantil oh. y la violación forzada de un menor. Nathan Joaquín fue negado a la libertad bajo fianza debido a los temores de que sus seguidores pudieran recaudar 50 millones para liberarlo y luego huiría del país. Esa es la fianza más alta jamás impuesta a cualquiera en el condado de Los Ángeles. Una vez más, la iglesia negó las acusaciones. Como todas las iglesias. I mean. Así sea culto o, uh -huh. o católico. La, la católica. 
El confinante Alondra Ocampo ha llegado a un acuerdo de culpabilidad contra la iglesia. Ocampo afirma que fue abusada sexualmente por el padre de Nathan. Samuel Joaquín, cuando tenía ocho años y sufrió años de abuso sexual como menor, porque oh, sus, tías, sus tías sus la, tías las metió en esa iglesia. El abogado de Ocampo dice que Ocampo cree que el abuso que sufrió no fue abuso, sino una bendición. What? Porque supuestamente ellos se proclamaron apóstoles uh. y eran bendecidos. Entonces las tías estaban sugestionadas con... Esa pendejada. Uh -huh. Y era un prestigio para él haberlas tocado. Es la manera que ellos piensan. That's disgusting. El ensayo de Nathan Joaquín comenzará este septiembre y se actualizará en futuros episodios. Wow. So it's still going on. Yeah. In September, they're going to take them to court. So there's like updates on yeah. this one. Yeah. That's crazy, huh? That's in disgusting. East LA. Whittier. Whittier? Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, she would... A, a, Huntington, yeah. that Huntington Park is el puro centro de puro yeah. latino. Yeah. Y ella, Alondra Ocampo, she would take pictures of the girls. No, she would And not. then she would send it to him. To oh, see if they were, if, like... Yeah, they were good enough. And it yeah. was in Whittier, they said. <gasps> Where the girls are prettier. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> no, I live in... No, I don't. No, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> but, Yeah. Wow. So what do you think as our, as our guest? Como nuestra invitada, ¿qué piensas de esta historia? Well, pienso que it's disgusting. <laughs> es difícil oír cosas así. Y pensar que la familia manda a uh, nieces, nietas, sí. o personas para que, like, just to put them on display to see if they're worthy to be touched by a, 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 un hombre. A, a man that's supposed to be closer to God. Yeah. <sighs> it's just, it's disgusting because... Mm. Like I've said before, it freaks me out porque pasó. Esto no son historias de brujas, esto no son historias de vampiro. O, o fantasía. Ima imaginación. No pura imaginación. No fantasía. Estas son cosas que han pasado. Y eso creo que da más terror de cualquier otra cosa. Te, puedes ir a dormir, pero te despiertas bien. Pero estas cosas le pasaron a las niñas. Sí. Porque van a, a, van a la iglesia you know? para, con confianza, mm -hmm. like you're safe there. Pero a mí me sorprende que en esta, en, es como dicen, en época. esta, en la fecha de la modernización, en esta época, uh -huh. donde hemos escuchado de varios cultos, especialmente nosotras en los noventas que hubieron varios yeah. cultos, últimamente hubo, es el de NVXM, what was that one? Remember NXM, NXVM or something like that, um, where that guy, the girl from Smallville was accused. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that I mean, that was the most recent one up until this, but this one's more recent. Yeah. It's the más reciente. Yeah, because he's still, like, yeah. going to go to trial. Yeah, yeah. It's you would crazy. think these people have a little more clarity in their head to... I don't know. A little more... Well, no, I've seen some crazy stuff. So, yeah, I've so they... So they canceled his, um, his $50 million um, bond. bond because they said, no, the church has so much money, they'll probably take him out, and then he'll, he'll flee the country. Also, they didn't even give him the option. No, no bond. They, they no, said no, no bond. Yeah. And mm -hmm. then that's what the um, the district attorney said. Like, that's like the highest bond ever in L.A. for anyone. Damn, that is kind of high. But they have marble floors, so they could afford it. That's why they said Pero no. That's why they said no. Pero especialmente gente de Huntington Park, Southgate. I mean, yeah. no por nada. No te hagas que si tienen. Bueno, los traqueteros. Si 
Uh, como lo tengan, lo tienen. Uh-huh. <risa> Esas casas, hay una casa enfrente y después cuatro de- detrás. Like, sí, los lotes tienen... son grandes. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 Wow. Mi historia es, no sé si se acuerdan ustedes, el que le decían Blade Runner. No. No. I just heard Blade and I think that's Blade Runner the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bueno, él, él se llamaba Oscar Pistorius, que era un surafricano. Es un surafricano. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, and he's missing a limb. He's missing two limbs. Yes. Okay. Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. A ver, empecemos. Oscar Pistorius fue alguien que yo recuerdo graduándome de la universidad que estuvo por todas las noticias porque él asesinó a su novia. Bueno, supuestamente asesinó a su, a su novia. Empezar al principio. Oscar Pistorius nació el 22 de noviembre de 1986 en Johannesburgo, en lo que entonces era la provincia de Transvaal de Sudáfrica. Creció en un hogar cristiano y tiene un hermano mayor, Carl, y una hermana menor, Amy. Pistorius atribuye a su madre, que murió a la edad de 43 años, como una gran influencia en su vida. Es un surafricano blanco con ascendencia italiana del abuelo de su madre, que era un inmigrante italiano a Kenia. Habla inglés y lo que le llaman africans. Él se crió en la, en la, de la separación entre los blancos y negros en, en África, especialmente en Sudáfrica. Entonces, él vio todo lo que pasó con Mandela uh-huh. cuando finalmente pudieron eh, establecer el primer presidente africano en ese país. Él estaba viendo un especial en Amazon Prime donde hablan con la familia de él y hablan que ellos todos se criaron en una época con mucha, mucha violencia porque finalmente la, los negros estaban, um, estaban apelando todo lo que les estaba pasando porque varios de ellos solamente podían tener un trabajo como un, una sirvienta, una uh, señora de limpieza, un jardinero, podían tener posiciones con prestigio. Pistorius nació con una hemimelia peronea, que quiere decir que no tenía en los, las dos piernas no tenían del tobillo para abajo. No se le había desarrollado. Cuando tenía 11 meses, le amputaron las piernas a medio camino entre las rodillas y los tobillos. So in the middle of the shin. Asistió a la escuela primaria y a la escuela secundaria donde jugó rugby en el tercer equipo de la escuela. También jugó water polo y tenis a nivel provincial. Pistorius participó en la lucha olímpica del club. Después de una grave lesión de rodilla en el rugby, comenzó a correr en enero de 2004, mientras se sometía a re- rehabilitación. Sus primeras palas de competición, que es donde empieza el Blade Runner, es que le, le hicieron una prostisis que es, eran palas. So they became blades. Now you know. Yes, okay. now it's kicking in. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. I remember. I remember this on the news. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Como dije, sus primeras palas de competición fueron instaladas por el protésico surafricano Vanderwood. Debido a que no pudo encontrar cuchillas adecuadas para correr en Pretoria, Vanderwood ordenó que un ingeniero local fabricara algunas. Pistorius comenzó a estudiar, fue a la universidad um, y empezó, empezó a competir más en eventos para personas amputadas por debajo de la rodilla, porque aparentemente en las paraolimpiadas, que es para la gente discapacitada, son muy detallados. A veces, él empezó a competir en eventos T44 que es amputados individuales por debajo de la rodilla, aunque en realidad está clasificado en T43, doble amputado por debajo de la rodilla porque tenía la misma discapacidad en las dos piernas. Ahí es donde empezó el apodo de Blade Runner y, él, y fue considerado el hombre más rápido sin piernas. 
Pistorius participó en los Juegos Paralímpicos de verano del 2004 en Atenas y quedó tercero en la general en la prueba de 100 metros. En 2005, Pistorius terminó en sexto lugar y fue a la Copa del Mundo Paralímpica en el mismo año donde ganó el oro. En el Campeonato Mundial de Atletismo Paralímpico del 2006, Pistorius ganó otra oro y pruebas en varios lugares. Y la razón por la cual yo les estoy diciendo de todas estas metas que él alcanzó es porque él era una persona que aunque le faltaban las piernas, era una persona muy física y muy rápida. Pistorius fue, varias veces fue criticado debido a las afirmaciones que a sus miembros artificiales le daban una ventaja. So they used to say that because even though he didn't have limbs, yes. his blades gave him an advantage, like with physics, like because of the momentum, the pushing right. off of it. So it gave him like a unnatural speed that most other people didn't have. Le daba una, una ventaja que la gente no tenía por lo regular, la energía que él, que él soltaba al correr. Él corrió con prótesis de fibra de carbono en forma de J, desarrolladas por el ingeniero biomédico Van Phillips y, y fabricadas por otra compañía. En el 2007, una organización que supuestamente monitorea las los Juegos Paralímpicos. So, in, cur in curva? Yeah, yeah, they were like an L-shaped. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the, the, I so the that. L, the yeah. L, the, this part, uh -huh. he push off. Oh, then, it does? Yeah, the, yeah. Bueno, es lo que decían. Para allá voy. Hmm. El 26 de marzo del 2007, esta organización IAAF modificó sus reglas de competición para incluir la prohibición del uso de cualquier dispositivo técnico que incorpore resortes, ruedas o cualquier otro elemento que proporcione el usuario una ventaja sobre otro atleta. Hmm. En noviembre del 2007, Pistorius fue invitado a participar en una serie de pruebas científicas para desprobar eso. Después de dos días de pruebas, una de las personas allí informó sobre sus hallazgos. El informe afirmó que las extremidades de Pistorius usaban un 25% menos de energía que los corredores con piernas naturales completas para correr a la misma velocidad. En la especial de Amazon muestran todos los científicos donde le hicieron, le, le hicieron un poco de pruebas, donde le conectaron un poco de máquinas para uh -huh. ver qué tanta energía supuestamente usaba. Y este hallazgo muestra que él no usaba la misma, la misma cantidad de energía que una persona sí. con piernas. Sí, sí. Que aunque para nosotros se vea que él tenía una ventaja, en realidad no lo tenía. En diciembre, este mismo científico dijo que Pistorius sí tenía ventajas considerables sobre los atletas sin prótesis que fueron evaluados por nosotros. Fue más que unos pocos puntos porcentuales. No esperaba, ellos no esperaban que esos hallazgos eran tan claros. En el 2008, esta organización dictaminó que las prótesis de Pistorius no eran elegibles para su uso en, un, en competencias realizadas bajo las reglas de esta organización incluyendo los Juegos Olímpicos del verano del 2008. Pistorius apeló contra la decisión adversa, específicamente para las prótesis que él tenía. Uh, Pistorius siguió particip participando en los Juegos Paralímpicos en el 2008. Uh, siguió compitiendo, pero su meta era competir en los Juegos, en las Olimpiadas regulares para la gente sin discapacidad. Finalmente, aquí es donde empieza. El día de San Valentín del 2013, Oscar Pistorius disparó cuatro tiros a través de la puerta de un cubículo del baño cerrado con llave en su casa de Pretoria. 
tres de los cuales alcanzaron a su novia, Steen Camp, que estaba del otro lado. Inmediatamente después de esto, Pistorius procedió a derribar la puerta del baño con un, bat, con un bate de creque para llegar a Steen Camp. Intentó brindar asistencia médica de emergencia y pidió ayuda. Uno de los primeros en responder a la escena fue el vecino, el doctor Johann Stipp, quien hizo una maniobra de elevación de la mandíbula de Steenkamp en un intento de abrirle las vías respiratorias. En su análisis de la situación, notó que ella no tenía pulso, no mostraba signos de movimientos respiratorios y sus pupilas estaban fijadas y dilatadas. Era evidente que había sido herida de muerte. Su cuerpo fue incinerado en el crematorio Victoria Park en Port Elizabeth el 19 de febrero del 2013 y el servicio fue realizado por el pastor Kurt Sutton de la iglesia de la familia Oasis. Pistorius fue arrestado y acusado de asesinato. Él admitió que le disparó a Steen Camp, pero dijo que creía que, la, que le estaba disparando a un intruso. Mm -hmm. So he thought it was okay. a robber. First of all, did he put on his legs? Okay. Para allá vamos. So, la víctima es Riva Steenkamp. Ellos, la novia. ¿Era modelo? Era modelo, sí, sí. sí. Mm -hmm. Especial de Amazon Prime dice que él andaba de galán por, o de puto, como le quieran decir, de, con, un, con una novia u otra, y finalmente él empezó a salir con ella. Supuestamente los textos que sacaste del WhatsApp se whatsappean todo el tiempo. <risa> Supuestamente ellos para cualquier persona tenían una relación muy amorosa. En el juicio pudieron traer a una o dos de sus exnovias que eran siempre menores que él y decían que él era una persona muy controlante. Las controlaba si él estaba de paseo para sus Juegos Paralímpicos él las llamaba para asegurarse que ellas no andaban de vagas o en la calle, en, los, en las discotecas. You know, una de las novias tenía 17 años y él la llamaba todo. ¿17 años? ¿Y cuántos años tenía él? Él tenía como unos 21. Él era mayor que ella, pero no, digamos, no mucho, nada raro. Pero la mamá... de nada un... raro, solo un poco elegante. <risa> bueno, en ese país... En creo... ese país, ¿no? No, no en ya. ese país ¿Sí? creo que la, la mayoría era 17. Oh. Yeah. Pero de todas maneras, como él era un tipo con dinero, sí. blanco, guapo, uh -huh. el tipo es guapo, bueno, era guapo, mamá les gustaba, pero al ver, al ver que él empezaba a controlarlas, les mandaba textos, uh -huh. se enojaba, las muchachas empezaban a, eh, se metían en lo psicológico de ellas, en la mente de ellas, para controlarlas. Sí. Con Steen Camp, lo que dicen a la familia de Riva es que ella era una persona que era destacada, había ido a la universidad, era modelo, presentadora, había estudiado comunicaciones uh -huh. y era muy hermosa, muy bonita. Para un evento que fue con unos premios like the ESPYs, uh -huh. para la gente discapacitada, él fue y la llevó. Empezaron a salir seriamente. Pero en los Whatsapps de él, ella le decía, um, no me gusta cuando te pones con ese carácter que me hace sentir que no soy lo suficiente para ti. O sea, se desahogaba con ella. Sí. Y él, él estaba jugando con sus emociones. Él decía que supuestamente ellos, esa noche, el día de San Valentín, del 13 amanecer 14, ellos estaban en la casa y muestran un, una casa muy bonita. Lo primero que yo pensé es porque él dijo que él le había dicho a ella que tenía, él se quedó dormido primero, 
pero estaba haciendo tanto calor que él le dijo a ella, me voy a dormir, no se te olvide meter los ventiladores del patio y cerrar las persianas y las ventanas. Y yo me pongo a pensar, en una casa como no. mansión, ¿no van a sí. tener aire central? Porque, por, y, y sí, tenía dos ventiladores, no sé por qué, a lo mejor una preferencia, pero vivían en una, eh, por decir las, clas, las casas de South Beach, hermosa, y privado, todo privado, uh -huh. es, um, seguridad privada y todo. Ella, ella supuestamente, se, él se quedó dormido primero, y ellas, él despertó en la madrugada y vio que ella no había cerrado el patio y dejó los ventiladores prendidos y afuera. Él se bajó y los ventiladores supuestamente estaban haciendo mucho ruido. Él los metió. ¿Pero era segundo piso? Sí, estaban en el segundo piso. Entonces, ¿Y dispuso las piernas para bajar? No, to, para allá vamos. So, él, él, él podía cam caminar en lo que le quedaba como pierna, sin prótesis. Okay, okay. Él se había acostumbrado porque... Él las prótesis solamente las usaba para, para, para competir o para estar afuera. En su casa se las quitaba. Había un desbalance, pero la mayoría de veces él ya sabía, especialmente porque él se acostumbró desde baby. Ya después de tanto tiempo. De tanto tiempo se acostumbró uh -huh. a caminar. Pero, so, los the fans were too loud for him upstairs, but they were downstairs? No, they were on the second floor. Estaban en el oh, segundo okay, piso. Okay, okay. Por eso se despertó. Se despertó okay. el ruido porque dijo, son las tres de la, dos, tres de la mañana porque están prendidos todavía. Uh -huh. Se porque le olvidó. Ya. Yeah. Exactly. Él dice que mientras él se paró a mover los ventiladores del patio y meterlos y cerrar la, la, la puerta, él estaba acomodando eso y escuchó un ruido en, la, en el pasillo. Estaba oscuro. No se había puesto las piernas todavía. Él dijo que no lo pensó. Después volvió a escuchar otro ruido. Y él, te, él, él uh, tenía una arma. Él salió al pasillo sin piernas, sin prótesis, y dijo, y pasó a decir, ¿quién anda allí? Sin haberse fijado quién estaba en la... Que, si era Riva. Riva supuestamente en su mente estaba en la cama dormida. Yes. Ok. Yeah. Este fue el argumento de él. Él salió y empezó a escuchar más ruido y dijo, Who's there? Who's there? ¿Quién anda allí? ¿Quién anda allí? Escuchó un ruido, un ruido fuerte en el baño con la puerta cerrada. Fue cuando él disparó cuatro veces. Y él dijo, después, dice que no había prendido las luces porque pensó que era alguien que los estaba robando, los quería asaltar. Él regresó al escuchar, trató, cuando, digo, después de que disparó, trató de abrir la puerta y vio que algo lo estaba bloqueando. Y a un cuerpo, oh. ya yeah, yeah. yeah. Pero él no, él dijo, él dijo, era el cuerpo. Regresó al cuarto, supuestamente se sentó en la cama y alcanzó por detrás y vio que nadie estaba acostado. O sea, Riva ya no estaba acostada. Se puso las piernas y él en desesperación corrió hacia el baño. Which, honestly, I was thinking, he probably got there like in one second. With how quick he was. Yeah. Sorry, but that's just true. Entonces regresó al baño, agarró una, una pala de rugby, que es como un bate, pero un poquito más plano, mm -hmm. y tumbó la puerta. O, y alcanzó a dañar la puerta y vio que... Riva, y hay fotos en el internet, si lo quieren ver, hay fotos de ella que está herida con cuatro balas. Una en la pierna, otra en, la, en, la, en el estómago, una en la cabeza y creo que otra en otra parte. Y la había herido. Él en desesperación la cargó y la llevó al, al primer piso 
Y es cuando él empezó a gritar, ayuda, ayuda, por favor, alguien venga a ayudarme. ¿Los hoyos de la pistola estaban en la puerta? Yes. Ok. Que quiere decir que ella, es lo que no saben, que yo me puse a pensar, ¿por qué estaría ella bloqueando la puerta? Porque uh -huh. si, si yo me voy a esconder a un lugar, bueno, a lo mejor sí le pongo presión a la puerta, pero sería que ella se paró para, porque ella también pensó que había alguien que, un, que un asaltante o otra gente estaba diciendo que los había escuchado pelear esa noche y ella empezó mucho antes a gritar, ayuda, ayuda, socorro, me están atacando, pero se estaba, ref, re, se estaba refiriendo a él. Con el palo de rugby, hay manera, y no sé si puedes decirme la, la respuesta, pero hay manera de saber con las, las marcas en la puerta, si estaba pegando la puerta primero y después disparó, como estaba tan enojado, fue y empezó a, a, a tratar de... Encontraron sangre en la pala de rugby, pero no encontraron fibras de la madera en ella. Ella murió de los balazos. Ok. Ya, yeah, ella murió de los balazos. Mm. I don't know. La, la manera que yo lo estoy pensando es que ellos empezaron a pelear, uh -huh. ella se encerró, uh -huh. él sacó el palo de rugby, empezó a pegar la puerta, ella no abría, entonces él se enojó tanto porque era tan loco que fue y la disparó uh -huh. y la mató. Y eso es lo que mucha gente pensó. Eso es lo que mucha gente dijo también, pero él dijo no. Si well, tú, yeah, I'm say no too. Yeah, <laughs> sí, dice, dijo él, no, nosotros teníamos una noche planeada, Uh, bueno, ella supuestamente no se iba a quedar en la casa de él, pero algo pasó y él, ella se quedó esa noche y le tenía un regalo con una tarjeta y lo muestran y todo. Entonces, él jura y perjura que no se habían pelado, peleado para nada. Pero los, las personas que dicen, la familia de ella y los vecinos, hay una vecina que dice que ellos escucharon a una mujer gritar mucho antes de los balazos, ayuda, ayuda. Y estaban en el baño, porque el baño estaba en el segundo piso. Entonces, alguien estaba gritando fuera de la ventana. Y esto una... era antes de la corte cuando lo entrevistaron a los vecinos. Yes. Yeah. So, so, ellos no tenían idea que es lo que ha pasado. They just said, oh, I heard it upstairs. No, they told the police. Ellos le dijeron a, do, a los detectives. Porque, pero también me pongo a pensar que la mujer que supuestamente escuchó todo esto. Ajá. Uh -huh. Era como una vecina a cuatro casas. No era una vecina enseguida. Ok. Yeah. ¿Y las de enseguida no lo entrevistaron? Nadie, na, nadie quiso decir nada. Yeah. Era algo muy raro porque la imagen de él siempre fue un niño que com, combatió uh, las diferencias desde niño. La mamá se le murió. Eh, él era una persona que había, pas, había, había sobresalido de, uh, después de tantas tantas cosas que lo habían prevenido, lo habían podido prevenir. Aquí dice, como estaba diciendo, Riva Steenkamp estaba de pie en un cubículo del baño y de cara a la puerta cerrada cuando fue alcanzada en la cadera derecha por la primera de las cuatro balas de punta hueca que le disparó Oscar Pistorius. Yeah. So, so she's facing the door like... Like holding it. Holding it. Closed. Yes. But he woke up because of the fans. Yes. Inicialmente, él despertó por el ruido de los ventiladores, no porque había escuchado el supuesto ruido de un asaltante. I mean, hay, hay diferencia. Yes, pero lo que a mí me sorprende es que si yo estoy en la casa, por ejemplo, cuando hemos tenido un temblor, un terremoto. So, sí. So él, él puede escuchar los ventiladores, uh, the fans, but he can't hear that she went to the restroom. That was his argument. Ese fue su argumento. Lo único que me molesta, más que todo... Es que tanto que quiere a su mujer, tanto que ama a su preciosa, 
Y la primera cosa que hace cuando despierta y está asustado que hay alguien en la casa es salir y no chequear que ella está ahí. Exactly. Yo he tenido no. momentos que yo me he despertado porque yo oigo algo Estás en mi yarda. Yo me preocupo. Uh -huh. La primera cosa que hago es, es avisarle es, a tu marido. Es avisarle a mi marido. Despierta y saca la pistola. You know, cosas así. Uh -huh. Y después chequear a los niños. Y la, cosa, la otra cosa que estaban diciendo, bueno, yo estaba pensando es que como humano nuestra reacción es de susto. Y vamos a expresarlo así. Oh, my God, oh, my God. Are you okay? Yeah. You o, o me voy like, a encerrar en el armario. Yeah. O me voy a encerrar en otra parte. Right. Because no. you're paranoid and you don't know if you are hearing something. So you, you want to double check with someone so who's you, there. Yeah, you're yeah. just like, you yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, like. Like, did you feel that earthquake? Yeah. I'm oh. not going to hear something and be like, no, I'm going to go check. But I'm going to be like, <laughs> yeah, oh, that like, was an earthquake. Everybody get out. Is everybody okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah. O especialmente si él se paró para acomodar a los ventiladores, ella hubiera dicho, oh, ¿qué estás haciendo, mi amor? Lo que sea. Yeah, like. Or are you okay? ¿Estás bien? Entonces, él para irse inmediatamente, en primer lugar, él tenía una historia de siempre cargar una arma llena de balas, siempre donde estaba. Ya había tenido um, otras, otras enfrentaciones con personas que había disparado pistolas en público. Wait, what? He had already been accused of uh, like carrying armed armed gun. So he just carries an armed yeah, gun. Yeah, he just carried like like a purse. So then he can and use he that like, excuse well, well, saying, Westing, oh, I like... heard a noise, so I thought they were in there, so I shot them. Yes. Yeah, but he, you're talking about like cowboy shit. Like he's just with an armed gun, like walking around. With no, but he's gun. done it before in public, yeah. so That's he could crazy. say that. He, uh, he uh, used oh. that excuse like, I'm always paranoid. Yeah. Ya, yeah, porque él dicen que yeah. él, él, su, él sufría oh mucho de ansiedad, mm -hmm. porque en esa época él creció en una época de mucha violencia en Sudáfrica. Entonces oh. había mucha violencia right. de los negros yeah, contra los blancos. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Entonces él decía que en la comunidad que él vivía había mucha violencia, mucho robo, pero mucha gente decía, él vivía en uno de los lugares más saludables, más, um, yeah, safe. Seguro. Seguro, yeah. Uno de los lugares más seguros yeah. de Sudáfrica, mm -hmm. que tenían seguridad privada, tenían cámaras, tenían, oh. yeah. So, no sabían, y, y él no tenía, creo que sí había visto un, un asalto, un robo, pero fue en una de las casas del perímetro. No, él vivía como en, las, en, en la mitad de, lo, de la mm, comunidad. Mm, mm -hmm. So his house wasn't one of the ones right on the gate. It was in the middle because he was trying to keep away from But them. But he witnessed it happen. He just has, Did par he, he just had paranoia. Yeah, Tra he was paranoia. Yeah, yeah he, he was paranoia. Él tenía paranoia, uh -huh. Like, because yeah. he had no excuse. Like, no, you don't need to carry yeah. around a loaded gun. Mm -hmm. Entonces, a ver. Después de que la primera bala la alcanzó en la cadera derecha, Steenkamp luego volvió a caer sobre una porta revistas en el cubículo, su so magazine holder, y fue golpeada en el brazo derecho y en la cabeza por los dos últimos disparos de Pistorias con su pistola de 9 milímetros a través de la puerta. La novia de Pistorias cruzó los brazos sobre la cabeza para protegerse, dijo un capitán de policía cuando recibió un golpe en el brazo y la cabeza. Por eso es que ella quedó balaseada. Porque al taparse, se puso las, los brazos en la frente uh -huh. de su cabeza y la bala traspasó los brazos en la cabeza. So it went through her arms into her head. Oh, 
declaró que creía que el segundo disparo no alcanzó a Steam Camp y rebotó en una pared dentro del cubículo y se rompió en fragmentos, lo que le provocó hematomas en la espalda. Entonces, una de las balas la, no la alcanzó a pegar, pero al rebotar contra la pared, se regó y le pegó en la parte, en la espalda. Okay. So, fragment. Este mismo um, detective concluyó a través de su análisis de la escena del tiroteo y las heridas en el cuerpo que es de Steam Camp a partir de fotografías post-mortem que una de las dos últimas balas atravesó la mano izquierda de Steam Camp antes de penetrar su cráneo mientras le sostenía sobre su cabeza. Uh -uh. El policía dijo que no podía determinar el orden de, las dos últimas, de los dos últimos disparos. Pistorius, de 27 años, fue acusado de asesinato premeditado por la muerte a tiros de Steam Camp el 14 de febrero y se, enfrenta, se enfrentó a 25 años de prisión perpetua si, es, si fue declarado culpable. Él dice que le disparó a Steen Camp de 29 años por error a través de una puerta cerrada en su baño porque pensó que era una intrusa peligrosa durante la noche. So again, that she was a robber. Pistorius dice que Steen Camp fue a usar el baño durante la noche sin que él lo supiera, pero los fiscales sostienen que él la mató después de una fuerte discusión que uh -huh. hizo que ella posiblemente huyera y se escondiera en el área del baño. Sí, porque ¿cómo no va a escuchar que ella va al baño, pero escucha la, los, los, ven, los ventiladores ya. En su, en su defensa, el tipo de ventiladores que eran, eran son como ventiladores industriales, como de... Ok. Yeah. Oh, the big, the big brrr, yeah. que hacen mucho ruido. How? Ok. Brrr. <laughs> Entonces, a lo mejor no escuchó si so ella se... En una sábana. Pero, como tú dices, si hay un peligro, lo primero que yo voy a hacer es a, mi pers a la persona que yo quiero es decirle, hey, ve a, ve a revisar, o yo voy yo. O esto. O, este, ajá, o, yo, o yo, yo me encargo de esto, esto y lo otro. Yo voy a llamar a la policía. Ajá, exactamente. Yeah, y ya no era, era la época de celulares. So. Mm. June Steenkamp, la madre de Riva, también estaba en la sala del tribunal y ocasionalmente miraba las fotos de la sangrienta porque mostraron oh. todas las fotos. Oh. Muy gráficas. Oh. Yeah. Eh, mostraron las fotos That's de la sangrienta escena her. del tiroteo de su hija antes de apartar la mirada. El experto en balística de la policía dijo que la bala que golpeó el cráneo de Steenkamp se rompió en dos fragmentos, uno de los cuales salió de su cabeza y golpeó la pared detrás de ella. El primer disparo en la cadera derecha rompió el hueso de la cadera de Steen Camp. So the first bullet that hit her tore her hip bone. Soy de la opinión de que después de que infligió esta herida, mi señora, o oh, otra cosa, cuando se refieren, aunque los están, um, los están entrevistando el fiscal o el defensor, uh -huh. se refieren a ellos a mi señora, en este caso porque la, el, era una jueza. It was a woman judge. Uh -huh. And what's, in what country? It's South, South, South Africa. Yes. So in Johannesburg. Yes. So, um, the female, so in this case, was, even though they're talking to the defense attorney, mm -hmm. they say, my lady, my lady. Okay. So, yeah. cuando estaba escuchando yo la, la, la especial, dije, ¿Quién es my lady? Mm -hmm. de, porque no habían mostrado la jueza. Entonces, mm -hmm. dije, oh, porque están res, dando la respuesta hacia la jueza. Okay. Entonces, por eso dicen, soy de la opinión de que después de que se infligió esta herida, mi señora se retiró de inmediato. Steenkamp se desplomó en una posición sentada o semi-sentada en la parte superior del revistero en la cubículo, donde fue golpeada otras dos veces. So, se cayó. She fell back. So, she was up against the door. Estaba okay. contra la puerta. Blocking it. Bloqueando, tapando, 
Y al momento de fue, eh, ser herida por las primeras dos balas, cayó hacia atrás como agachada. ¿Cuál era la primera bala? Creo que cuando, cuando ella se quiso tapar. No, fue la de la cadera. And that's why she Entonces got. por eso cayó, porque la hirió acá. Uh -huh. Entonces a lo mejor el dolor la hizo ca que cayera uh -huh. agachada, arrodillada. And I'm, I'm sure she's screaming and he was like, oh, it's her. Yes, es otra cosa. It's not like oh I'm, my God, yes. Y lo que varias personas estaban diciendo es, again, lo que estábamos hablando de el problema policíaco de por qué tienen que disparar tantas veces. Mm -hmm. Why shoot to kill? But, but when it's, but when it's, um, when it's like, um, when you have feelings for someone and you're so mad and you want to shoot to kill. Oh, prime of passion. They, yeah. Yes, yes. They shoot more than once. Yeah. But I can just so imagine. So he knew like, it was her. He knew it was her. Because if it's. And she's if, screaming. Yes. I, I don't care who you are. The minute I get shot, I'm screaming. Like, you you don't have to shoot again. Like. Mm -hmm. Después de que cayera ella al cubículo y fue golpeada otras dos veces, dice el detective, terminó con la cabeza encima del asiento del inodoro. So she ended up with her head on the toilet. Y a la parte inferior de su cuerpo sobre la rejilla. Pistorius disparó desde una distancia de al menos 60 centímetros y no más allá de una pared detrás de él. Ya, yeah. a unos tres metros de distancia. El detective también describió que el impacto del tipo de balas en el arma de Pistorius fueron diseñadas para causar el máximo daño. Oh, wow. Golpea el objetivo, se abre, crea seis garras y estas garras son afiladas. Atraviesa los órganos de un ser humano. Señaló que la marca de munición, que se llamaban Black Talon, o sea, un ta talón es lo que tienen las águilas, sí. uh -huh. se usaba a menudo para la autodefensa porque si bien causaba un daño significativo a un, a un objeto humano, era menos probable que penetrara el primer objetivo y golpeara a otras personas. El abogado de Pistorius interrogó a este detective y dijo que los propios expertos forenses y balísticos de la defensa desafiaran el testimonio de policía con respecto a la secuencia de los disparos. También dijo que los expertos en defensa habían recuperado una bala y fragmentos de la taza del inodoro que la policía pasó por alto. Mangena, que es el detective, dijo que estaba al tanto de eso. Este detective testificó que realizó pruebas de tiro para tratar de determinar el lugar desde el que Pistorius disparó las balas en el baño, según el lugar donde se encontraron los casquillos de los cartuchos. Sin embargo, en sus pruebas, dijo que los casos cayeron en diferentes ángulos. También señaló que los casquillos de los cartuchos en el lugar del tiroteo de Steenkamp podrían haber sido movidos o pateados durante la investigación. Dijo que Pistorius probablemente estaba sobre sus muñones cuando disparó, o sea, no tenía las piernas puestas apoyando la declaración del atleta que él no llevaba sus extremidades protésicas cuando abrió fuego. El fiscal también le pidió a este detective que comentara sobre un incidente del 2012 en el que Pistorius presuntamente disparó su arma desde el techo de un automóvil en movimiento. El atleta enfrenta un cargo por armas de fuego en este caso, así como otros dos cargos relacionados con armas de fuego. So, él acostumbraba a cargar la arma. Mangena dijo que, tam, dijo que disparar un tiro en tales circunstancias era peligroso. 
La bala sale del cañón a unos 280 metros por segundo y viaja hacia arriba. Luego se detiene y cae el suelo bajo la fuerza de la gravedad y la desviación del viento. La bala aún puede matar a una persona. Soel acostumbraba a disparar la pistola hacia, hacia arriba pensando que no iba a lastimar a nadie. Pero el, detec el detective dijo que este tipo de balas sí. podían caer con la misma fuerza. Mm. Y, él, y él hizo esto en un restaurante. Shut up. En un restaurante en Johannesburg. Él disparó hacia el piso. Y, y dijo, oh, sorry, se me... Le dijo a otra persona que, uh, que se te permitieran que le pusieran... Le, they could charge him against it. El 12 de septiembre del 2014 fue declarado inocente, inocente de asesinato, pero sí culpable de homicidio culposo en el caso. So he was not found guilty of first degree murder. El 21 de octubre del 2014 fue condenado a cinco años de cárcel, pero solo cumplió diez meses. En el 2015, la Corte Suprema de Apelaciones anuló el veredicto del homicidio culpable y encontró a Pistorius culpable de asesinato. Bueno. El 6 de julio del 2017, la, el juez Masipa condenó a Pistorius a seis años de prisión por asesinato a pesar de que Sudáfrica tenía una pena mínima de 15 años. Solo seis años. El 24 de de noviembre del 2017, el Tribunal de Apelación extendió la pena de cárcel de Oscar a 13 años y 5 meses. Okay, bueno. Le darán la oportunidad de estar en libertad condicional en el 2023. Mm -hmm. So he's still in prison. Él todavía está en prisión. Y lo que dicen, él, él en, el, en el especial que vi de Amazon Prime, él lloraba con mucha emoción. O sea, si estaba actuando, era muy... No, me imagino que hay emoción... Porque mataste a, a tu novia. No, mm -hmm. es, no es por porque se siente mal. Es que you got caught. Ninguna, ninguna de sus ex novias vino a su defensa. Todos dijeron que él era muy controlante. Yeah, but they probably, like, nobody wants to go and testify. They're probably fearful that once he's out. Para las personas que están en una relación abusiva, tomen en cuenta, yo he estado en una en, de muy joven. Uh, ya que llegué al cuarto piso, me diría la, al caro de 20 años, no seas pendeja, salte de esa relación, porque golpes y abuso no es amor. So get out of abusive or contact someone that can help you. There's a, I just saw it on the news. They have a new, um, they just launched a text. Oh, for un, help. un servicio de texto. Sí, antes era podías llamar y directo. ¿En serio? No, yo no me sabía eso. Bueno, avísenle a alguien porque una, una relación abusiva no cambia, si sea de mujer a mujer, de hombre a mujer, hombre a hombre, cualquier tipo de abuso, repórtenlo. Y como decimos, mucho ojo y anden con las, las pilas, pilas puestas. puestas. Despídete, Mani. Chao. Chao. Bye. Hi. This is Caro. Mari. From Cafecito con Crimen. And our special guest. Hi, this is Bunny. <laughs> We have a special guest who isn't really into true crime, but she got, she was misled to think that we were going to do ghost stories, but we're not. So she has to sit through this. Yeah. I'm like hardcore into like spooky stuff, zombies, vampires, werewolves. Buffy. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I Spike. love all that stuff. Spike. Yeah. Yeah. Team Spike. <laughs> yeah. So, although he's really, no, we won't get into that. So I'm into that spooky stuff and paranormal activity, all that good stuff. But like the next true time, maybe crime. you can come next time and, and tell us spooky yes. stories. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
I will. I'm supposed to be audience. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but, but yeah. No, uh, you, you can you can do what we asked. We reminded everybody. Email us their stories. That's right. Whether zombie, true crime, paranormal. I yes. live in a haunted house. I live next to a graveyard. My neighbor's weird. There's a pedal van. <laughs> my friend's a witch. My a pe- pedal what? A pedal van? Pedal Ugh. van, yes. Oh my God, there's like a kettle popcorn van that I used to always see in front of my job. What? It was so creepy. A kettle pop. I would have gone. It's like kettle <laughs> like, No, it wasn't like cute, bright, yes, clean. Yes, please. No. Okay, that's why you would get taken. Yeah. <laughs> this is why you would be kidnapped. Yeah, yeah it's on my She's like, oh, okay. She's like, oh, I'm there. She's like, yes, three, please. And then there's no windows, but I'm just like, you're like, how come? Passenger window, will come in, guys. My dumbass. Okay. Why does it look like you haven't used that equipment? There's dust on it. Oh, come in and I'll show you. So I have puppies. I'm all on there. (laughs) I can't have dogs. Uh, But true crime freaks me out because it's not made up. It's like true life and it's happened. It's not something that's fictional. Like this, these things have happened and can continue to happen. Mm -hmm. So it freaks me out more than anything else. So I avoid it at all costs except today. But then that's why Mari and I say, mucho ojo y anden con las pilas puestas. Because be alert. Just don't be a, don't fall for puppies and cotton candy and shit like that. Mari runs the show and she's falling for it. Mimosas. Mimosas. I should put blade in my purse. I'm so full. <laughs> we had Colombian food before this. That was and so, so we're full. 1.5 of us tonight are Colombian. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I would. Oh, Me man, too. Like, I, was three, I, I had like, a pie chart going on in my head right now. I was like, girl, three and like, one. Okay. Actually, it's cute because as a guest, I feel like I'm a mixture of both of you. What? You are. Yeah, there's literally. A, there's a little bit of love. Have you done 23 Me to confirm that? No, I want to, though. She told me to wait till Black Friday sale. Black Friday is where I got the special for myself and for my husband. I should do it. Yes, totally. Mm-hmm. Trust me. I want to do it, too. My family said that they were... My whole my whole life, my family said, no, we're from Cali. Somos Bayunos. Mm-hmm. Esto, esto y lo otro. Then we find out that my family came from Spain to Medellin. <laughs> so we're paisas. And my mom's yeah. like, no, we're not. We're from Cali. I'm Young like... girl. Oh. Here's science. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, she's like, pa' la mierda con el ADN. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, we're for sure from Bogota. So I just gotta... For sure, for sure, like, how many generations are you aware? Girl, I don't know. But that's that's why 23 said. and me, we're not, they're not a sponsor. A we're not promoting episode, them. Future episodes will tell you what we are. I'll order it. It sounds fine. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. yeah, but wait till Black Friday. They have a special. By the way, if 23 and me wants to sponsor us, go for it. <laughs> we're up for it. For audience members, too, as giveaways. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today, Mari will start with her English version of her story. Woo! Yay! Mine is about La Luz del Mundo. It's a church that's based in Mexico. The Light of the World, a.k.a. The Light of the World. And I found my sources from LA Times and Wikipedia. And it's based in Mexico, and it claims 5 million followers in 50 countries. In 50 countries? Yes. I don't remember that from the Hell, Spanish no, one. No, I don't know. That's why you look at my shock. <laughs> hey, did I not translate it well? No. <laughs> no, but it did. Yeah, 50 countries. <laughs> Many temples of this evangelical Christian group are located in Latino communities such as East L.A., Huntington Park, San Bernardino, Redlands, and Pasadena. And I also heard in Whittier. Wait, there's Latinos in Redlands? 
Apparently. <laughs> all I know is that all these places sound like they have bomb-ass mariscos. <laughs> For yeah. sure. For sure. What you like, like Corner La Florence y La Pacific. Oh. La Pacific. La Pacific. Followers do not celebrate Christmas or Easter, but they must recognize birthdays of Garcia and the other self-proclaimed postals. It started in Guadalajara, Jalisco, Mexico, by Garcia's grandfather, Eusebio Joaquin Gonzalez, who was born in 1896 to 1964. And then it was his son took over, Samuel Joaquin Flores, 1937 to 2014. And when he passed away, his son took over, Nason Joaquin Garcia, born in 1969. Which I think is crazy because apparently they're the apostles and you can only celebrate their birthdays. And well, I have some friends like that, <laughs> but they're not self-proclaimed you. apostles. Me? Well, well, <laughs> you. who doesn't celebrate for a month? Nobody <laughs> celebrates for I a used month. To, I used to do that in my 20s because a lot of my close friends, we were all February. So we had a birthday month because every oh. week, every other day, there was somebody else's birthday. But not my own but birthday. No, 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 no. There's a difference between celebrating like five people's birthdays and going out, and then and then there's <laughs> the other Madi way, where it is like a birthday celebration on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday for the entire month of May. But on her defense, she is a Gemini. In my defense, <laughs> in my defense, it's also Madi's birthday. Your husband's a Gemini. Yeah, he's yeah. Yeah, his birthday's after mine. So here's this: if if you guys, he after- doesn't seem like a Gemini. If you like, I'm, like a, I'm funner than him though. Oh I, no! <laughs> so I don't know like, how no, we're just, no. Why is your Why is your <laughs> Listen, listen. Look and listen. Look and listen. Listen, Linda. Listen, Linda. <laughs> listen. I don't say whatever I need to say to keep a happy home. <laughs> My name is way funner. Um, but if you're into like zodiac stuff. Like signs and all that. Yeah. So I'm not like deep into it, but I think it's fun to research. Yeah. He's a Cancer. No, he's a Gemini, and I am a Scorpio. Just for funsies, I'm not gonna say what it is. Just take a look at, at how we match. It, it's out of control. It's <laughs> out of control. So I'll, I'll be divorced in a year. <laughs> but we've crazy. been friends for a long time. We've been friends for a long time, but we are the worst, the worst connection ever. Well, well defi- that's why we're defi- not married. Okay, so define oh, friends. Not. <laughs> no, so we're not married. We're just friends. Por eso no That's true. Nope, I mean, but we've been juntos, pero no revueltos. Or that sounds weird. <laughs> I'm not a huevo. You wanna be? Like, I'm a huevo. I'm a huevo. Yeah. It sounds. It's, it does sound sexual, huh? <laughs> yeah. Or, no, they, I even, I even, um, a couple years ago, I, I realized what there's like huevos divorciados, and I was like, what? Oh yeah, yeah, those are good. Like when eight. What is it? They're, they're separated. separated with something. It's different, a Mexican thing. Different salsas or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I've seen it. I've seen it with mole. I need more explanation. No, this no, no. Like, I've seen I it. Need visuals now. It's like salsa roja, salsa verde, yes. and then son divorciados they're porque divorciados son tan separados. It's so funny. No, there's so cute. It's such a cute name. Wait, we just want to confirm we love our Mexican audience. We're not making fun of it. It's just for us non-Mexicans because everybody in California tends to be Mexican. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm Mexican. I'm I'm not Mexican. (laughs) No, I'm Mexican. No, you're honorary. Yeah. Honorary. No, no, yeah, yeah. I'm honorary because yeah. I grew up in Huntington Park yeah. and and and, yeah. in Ca- and in California, whoever's yeah. Latino, you're Mexican. You're yeah, automatically well, Mexican. I feel a little Mexican. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I love. I don't like Chile, but I love my nopales. <laughs> Yo, 
that Mexican food is everything. A chile yeah, relleno. A chile relleno. It's everything. I don't care. A mariscos. Colombian food is beautiful. Peruvian food is fantastic. I mean, Colombian food is fantastic too. And but <laughs> oh, that. But well, yeah, I'm getting like gang signs over here. But like that Mexican food, it's yeah. just got another flavor. Yeah. Like you cannot replace it. And when it's cooked well and it is good, it is like mouth watering mm-hmm. ridiculousness. Like in. So yeah. I'm a little Mexican. I like it. I mean, I've had Mexican food in Fargo, oh, North I'm Dakota. Glad you went with food in North Dakota. North Dakota, and when I went to North Dakota, what are Mexicans doing up there? Well, it's a big <laughs> North Dakota. That's far. Well, <laughs> it's a big. It's a big like it's a big farming community. So there's like there was one Mexican restaurant. Their seasoning. It was it was good for North Dakota. Wait, how yeah. they say? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Wait, wait. They say they say North Dakota, Dakota. But then I had Mexican food in Tacoma, Washington, which I would have assumed would have been a little bit more Mexican. But they were. I, one of my coworkers was uh, taking me to a restaurant. He's like, "Oh yeah, you have to try like they have the best tater tots." What? Like tater tots is not Mexican. I had that in like elementary school. And I the, love, but we love tater tots. Okay. We're tater tots hoes. <laughs> tater hoes? Tater hoes. <laughs> However, when I went to the restaurant, I was more shocked at the fact that the kitchen did not have one person of color. It, there was all white people. Like making cooked, Mexican food. Making, wait, quote unquote, tater tots with Taco Bell sauce. That was oh, their Mexican food. But there's a local <laughs> restaurant, though, that has mole tater tots. Mm. It is so good. It's I like so mole. Oh my God, I like mole, but I'm not a fan of tater tots. I had too many bad tater tots in elementary Amor school. Tacos. Have you been there? <gasps> yes. Yes, yes, yes. Dude, I've heard of their them. mole tater tots, not sponsored, but their tater tots were so bomb. Like, so good. I think everything there is good. Everything have, there is very good. Have you guys good. had puffy taco? Yes. Are oh. Okay, yeah. I have, but. Wait, like, it's Arturo's. Oh, oh I'm sorry. <laughs> is this the English version or Spanish version? Amo, no me pegues. No. <laughs> this is the I English version. Had... Okay, Arturo's. <laughs> Arturito. 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 <laughs> I think I had puffy taco before. I feel like I remember What having... kind of puffy taco? <laughs> you know, we've all experimented. Amo, wait, apparently. does my 13-year-old listen to this? <laughs> Just kidding. We like Arturo's puffy taco. <laughs> <laughs> and, and um, oh, burrito track. Oh, it tastes good. Going in, that's it. <laughs> what? Well, it's really good, but I'm like, I can't eat it. Oh, wait, what else is it going to do? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, what do you I, get there? I like their largurichas. They're just big ass flautas. Oh, okay. They're good. Do you remember we used to make flautas? Mm-hmm. And burritos? We just finished dating. We're talking about food. Okay. So now we're going to get into... Uh, let's oh, go back to the yeah, story. Was, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a huge... Sorry. After. Sorry. What the... Sorry, guys. <laughs> it is believed Eusebio, which is the grandfather, was called by God to restore the primitive Christian church. Eusebio Aron Joaquin was succeeded by his son, Samuel, upon his death in 1964. The latter was succeeded by his son, Nason Joaquin, whom is considered the only true servant of God and apostle of Jesus Christ in this era. Female congregants of La Luz del Mundo do not wear jewelry, makeup, nor short hair. The women are taught to dress modestly and wear like dresses by their below their calves and to submit to their husbands. Ew. 
Double ill. Double ill. <laughs> on May 18th, 1997, a day after Samuel Joaquin's 35th wedding anniversary, a handful of women claimed sexual abuse by Samuel Joaquin 20 years earlier. Can you imagine? <laughs> He's celebrating like this anniversary with his wife and they're all, um, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> False. Like, everybody has a pooper. What is it? What is it? Everybody has a pooper, and a pooper is wait, right? Every you can there's always a out. party pooper. I've never heard of it. Right? Everybody has a pooper, and that pooper is you. <laughs> there you go. Well, there was five party poopers on. August 17th, this was in May 18th, and then on August 17th, a former member by the name of Moises Padilla Iniguez also accused Samuel Joaquin of sexually abusing him when he was a teen. Accusations were spearheaded by anti-cult groups, which demanded La Luz del Mundo be stripped of its legal recognition as a religious organization, but statute limitations for the alleged crimes had passed. The following February of 1998, two days before Samuel Joaquin's birthday, Dan, they keep... Every time it's a celebration, they're like, hey, let's go. Let's go be a party pooper. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to make a, you know, make a statement. Yeah, but they're like, let's wait till it's his birthday. Yo, if somebody was messing with me, I'm going to fuck up their party. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, the one who accused him of assault when he was a teen reported being kidnapped and stabbed 57 shallow slashes by two gunmen. Jeez. The gunmen warned Padilla against criticizing the church leader. The church denied any involvement and believed Padilla orchestrated it all. June 2019, current La Luz del Mundo leader Nissan Joaquin Garcia was arrested at LAX on sexual crimes along with his co-defendant Susana Medina Oaxaca. A third co-defendant, Alondra Campo, was arrested in LA County and fourth co-defendant, Azalea Rangel Melendez, remains at large. The California Department of Justice alleges between 2015 and 2018, Nason Joaquin and three and his three COVID defendants committed 26 felonies, including human trafficking, production of child pornography, and forcible rape of a minor. Nason Joaquin was deemed bail due to fears that his followers could raise 50 million to free him and he would flee the country. So much money. That is so much money. Yes, and like I read, there was. There was a church in um in Texas that that um it took eight million dollars to make and all their floors are all marble and I'm just like, wow, it's like Bro, where are they eight million dollars yeah. in Texas is a lot of money. I know mm-hmm. eight million dollars LA. Yeah. That little basket that they're passing around is getting full. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a garbage bag. <laughs> it's all a double bag. Do you accept cryptocurrency? Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> That is the highest bail ever imposed on anyone in L.A. County. And again, the church denies accusations. Co-defendant Alondra Ocampo has reached a plea deal against the church. Ocampo claims she was sexually abused by Nason Joaquin's father, Samuel Joaquin, when she was eight years old and suffered years of sexual abuse as a minor. Her aunts, her two aunts, um, forced her into going to that church. She, well, they believe that he was the only apostle and he was like the closest thing to God. So you let them him touch your niece? Like, yes, because yeah. God because, is watching, yeah, and that's God what God wanted. What, yeah. She is being accused um. of grooming teen girls into pornographic photo shoots in hotel rooms in Whittier and El Monte. Oh. Ocampo's attorney says that Ocampo believed the abuse she endured wasn't abuse but a blessing. That's why she never that's realized. Dis- 
disgusting. Yeah, so she never realized that's how brainwashed she was. She never realized that that was abuse. They had to have gotten like girls that were really had low self esteem, yes. broken homes, mm-hmm. had already endured, unfortunately, maybe some type of sexual abuse at their home, mm-hmm. and that they were showing them true love. Yeah, and that I'm giving you attention. Uh, yeah, I don't want you to show off or do. Yeah, anything that's why it was considered. This. Um, that's why one of the felonies is child pornography because they're probably under eighteen. Um, Nathan Joaquin's trial is set to start this September. Further updates in future episodes. Uh, to think that's like, that just happened here. Yeah. And I wouldn't think like a, a cult could succeed. I mean, if there's a better word for it in the 21st century after like, after the one we saw. I mean, the last cult I had heard before the NXVM, whatever one, um, with the Smallville chick was like in the. Um, oh, we're younger. The, yeah, the David one, Koresh. Yeah. Yeah, the one that we've heard on My Favorite Murder. Or, or the one with. Um, where they drink the the Kool Aid and they all had yes. Nikes on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Creepy guy. <laughs> yeah. And they believe they're going they to the alien. Gonna yeah, get there fast. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, they, oh, they weren't they got there fast. Yeah, they got there fast. They're like Nike, get us there fast. Yeah. <laughs> and in comfort. Just do it. <laughs> Stupid. Not a sponsor. <laughs> Not a sponsor. So my story is about Oscar Pistorius, a.k.a. the Blade Runner, for a lot of us within the, yeah, it was it was very popular in the early 2000s, um, uh, specifically because he, as a child, he was born with some type of congenital absence of the fibula. So when he was 11 months old, his legs were amputated halfway between his knees and ankles, which I'm thinking, so the shins. Um, but even he he was born in 1986 in South Africa. He grew up in a Christian home, and he was a white, well, what they call Afrikaans, or I don't, I forget if Afrikaans is the language or the person. But essentially, he was raised during the apartheid area era of the uh, South African movement um, that eventually ended, I guess, well, supposedly ended the majority white rule in South Africa. South Africa. And they eventually elected Nelson Mandela as, I think, the first president. Yeah. So, as I stated, Pistorius was born with a congenital absence of the fibula. He was very active in primary and secondary school. He played water polo, tennis. He was also part of an Olympic wrestling team. After experiencing a serious rugby injury, he was introduced to running in January 2004 while undergoing rehab at the local university. His first racing blades were fitted by South African prosthetist Francois van der Vaart. Um, because he was unable to find suitable running blades in Pretoria, van der Vaart ordered some to be made by a local engineer. At the same time, uh, he's, Pistoria started studying uh, at the university, and um, he had a motto that said, you're not disabled by the disabilities you have, you are able by the abilities you do have. Um, Pistorius competed in T44 and T43 events, which is, I guess it's a definition if you're disabled below the knee or above the knee, or if you're an amputee, or if you're a single or double amputee. Um, and around this time is where he was referred to as the blade runner and the fastest man on no legs. He took part in many, uh, Paralympics in Athens and eventually would, place in third second and ended up getting gold medals and stuff he was and stuff Um, and stuff because he doesn't really matter um (laughs) well not anymore (laughs) (laughs) 
Pistorius was the subject of criticism because of the claims that his artificial limbs gave, gave him the advantage over runners with natural ankles and feet. He, run, he used to run with J-shaped carbon fiber prosthetics called the Flexfoot Cheetah, developed by a biomedical engineer. In March 2007, uh, the organization IAAF, I don't know what it stands for, but it's an organization that rules and governs uh, Paralympics, amended its competition rules to include a ban on the use of any technical device that incorporated springs, wheels, or any other element that provides the user with an advantage. In November 2007, he was invited to take part of a series of its scientific tests to determine how much energy he was using. The report claimed that Pistorius limbs used 25% less energy than runners with complete natural legs to run at the same speed and that they led to less vertical motion combined with 30% less mechanical work. Um, the same report said that he Pistorius had considerable advantages over athletes without prosthetic limbs, but it wasn't definitely clear. Based on these findings, the IAAF ruled that his prostheses were ineligible and he could not compete in the 2008 Olympics. Dot, dot, dot. Um, Pistorius kept on appealing these decisions and eventually he was invited to participate in the 2008 Summer Paralympics in Beijing where he placed gold in different um, meets. On balance, so this is where it starts. This is where the... I don't want to use the word juicy, but essentially the murder starts. International Association of Athletics Federation. Can you say that again? Yes, yes, I can. International Association of Athletics Federation. That's what the IAAF stands for. Thank you, Vani. Research. <laughs> Google. 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 What? Okay, Google well, Google. 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 well, if you say it like that, that, yeah. That voice, yeah. Right. If I say Google. <laughs> <laughs> On Valentine's Day 2013, Reba Steenkamp was dating Oscar Pistorius. And at this time is where he fired four shots through the door of a locked bathroom cubicle in his Pretoria home, three of which struck Steenkamp, who was on the other side. Immediately following this, Pistorius proceeded to break down the bathroom door with the cricket bat to reach Steen Camp. He attempted to render emergency medical assistance and called for help. One of the first responders to the scene was neighbor Dr. Johan Stipp, who did a jaw lift maneuver on Steen Camp in an attempt to open her airway. In his analysis of the situation, he noted that she had no peripheral pulse, showed no sign of breathing movements, and that her pupils were fixed and dilated. It was apparent that she had been mortally wounded. Her body was eventually cremated at Victoria Park in February 19, 2013, and at that point, Pistorius was arrested and charged with murder. He admitted that he shot Steenkamp, but his reasoning was that he believed that she, he was shooting an intruder. Okay. Reva Steenkamp, so this is what the... In, I was watching an Amazon Prime special, and they actually hired this guy that did uh, animation at the time. And he met with uh, he met with he met with the detectives, and he also met with Pistorius, and he like made an animation of what uh, Oscar Pistorius said happened that night, and okay. to show, you know, in a, in a movie, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, to the to the jury. Well, actually, it was not a jury trial; it was a judge trial. 
So it was just the defense and the prosecutors talking to the witnesses or whatnot. So what they said is that Riva Steenkamp was standing in a toilet cubicle and facing, facing the closed door when she was hit in the right hip by the first of the four hollow point bullets fired at her by Pistorius. A police expert testified this during the double amputees Olympic runners trial. Steenkamp then fell back onto a magazine holder in the cubicle and was struck in the right arm and head by the last two shots fired by him with his 9mm pistol through the door. And he wasn't wearing his legs. Yes. At this point, it was just him on his stumps. And stumps is the word that they use, so I'm just trying to be politically correct. Pistoria's girlfriend then crossed her arms over her head to protect herself. <laughs> Sorry. When she was hit in the arm and head. He testified that he believed the second bullet shot missed Steenkamp and ricocheted off a wall inside the cubicle and broke into fragments, which caused bruising on her back. I'm like, why does it say advertisement? I copied and pasted. I'm all advertisement about what? That's how you're putting your marketing. <laughs> Bunny? That, marketing? That, that Colombian food was good. Where is it from? Where was that Colombian food? Oh, La Bandeja Paisa? Dang. Oh, La, La Chiva Colombiana in Buena Park. Mm-hmm. Yum. Not anywhere close to our houses. It was a drive. <laughs> Much appreciated. Mm-hmm. I'm on DoorDash. Just kidding. No. Um, <laughs> you did, huh? DoorDash. <laughs> no, I picked it up. Oh, that's so nice. I'm on edit, 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 edit. It's just kidding. Edit, edit, yeah. DoorDash. 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 DoorDash Nike. <laughs> <laughs> So the detective concluded through his analysis of the shooting scene and wounds on Steenkamp's body from post-mortem photographs that one of the final two bullets went through her left hand before penetrating her skull as she held it over her head. The policeman said he couldn't determine the order of the last two shots. Pistorius was charged essentially with premeditated murder over her shooting death on February 14th and was facing 25 years to life in prison if he were to be convicted. He, again, he said he shot her because he thought it was an intruder that was locked in the restroom, which I don't know why an intruder would lock themselves in a restroom. <laughs> what kind of valuable? <laughs> I made a mistake. <laughs> Let me steal and run. No. Yeah. Oh, wrong door. <laughs> I'm stuck in here. <laughs> this isn't the front door. Like, <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Well, Pistorius said that Steenkamp went to use the toilet during the night without him knowing, but prosecutors maintain he killed her after a loud argument, loud argument <laughs> that caused her to possibly flee and hide in the toilet area, which the Amazon Prime special that I was watching said that some of the neighbors uh, heard them arguing the night before. and What, the, the neighbors that didn't? Didn't um, say, anything? say anything? Well, no, one of them did go out, did testify and said that she heard her but this neighbor wasn't like their immediate neighbor it was a neighbor like four houses down but she swears that she heard a woman shriek like the craziest can you hear someone four houses down i don't know yelling it was a quiet neighborhood maybe there's a little beach of body going on and you can hear it you can hear it yeah yeah but it depends because i have double pane windows when i close my windows i can hear it excuse me Oh, yeah, sorry, double pain, guys. Yeah, insulation. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, No, but she said that the scream that she heard is one that she'll never forget. It was like a shrill. So she didn't reenact it. She just said she was just crying and bawling. The other thing, too, is that 
um, his argument, Pistorius said that he went to bed early that night because he had just, he had a shoulder injury. So he told Steenkamp that before she went to bed, he had these uh, um, industrial type of fans that he would leave out in the patio. So he reminded her that to bring in the fans, to bring in the fans and make sure to close the patio doors to keep everything and safe. why did he do it? And you know what? Because she was still awake and watching TV, supposedly. And it was hot. But then I'm thinking, if you're that freaking rich, why don't you just pay yeah, for AC? That doesn't make sense. And this was 2003. It wasn't like the 60s. Yeah. Like, <laughs> AC existed back then. Yeah. Central air. Yeah. But again, it, I it, I think it was a home that he didn't really live in, live in, live in. It was just one of his many homes. And did they ever find out if someone did try to break in? No. They said, they said that they had had um, intruders in that community. But he lived way in the middle of it where it wasn't like near a gate or anything. So nothing surrounding him. Nothing surrounding him. They had had like like mild robberies and things like that, but nothing but like... they would have noticed if someone op- broke in the house or anything. Well, the, the, door, the doors were open and the fans the were patio. The yeah, the patio. But then the patio door. The, yeah. But this was the so second no story. Forced, there was no forced entry. Mm. But then he said that he woke up. And that he noticed, like, he was like, damn, she left the light, she left the doors open or the patio door open and uh, the fans going. So he got up to do it and to bring that in, whatever. Then he heard a noise out in the hallway. And then he was like, he was like, oh, um, he got his gun because he was gun happy, trigger happy, whatever you call it. And he went out and said, is anybody there? Is anybody there? Well, he was like, is anybody fucking there? That's what he said in the trial. And that he then heard a loud noise in the restroom. And so then he was like, who is it? Who is it? And then he shot four times. That's a, like, that's really aggressive. Like, yeah. No, well, I get it's intruders. I don't. But he had a history. He had a history like, of being. Did he really think intruder ha- needed a pee break? <laughs> I don't know. Huh, like, oh, it's an intruder in my bathroom. Pause. Stealing I need to go soap. pee. Yeah, pause. <laughs> go pee. You're Stealing like... my soap. Like, <laughs> they're like, ew, I'm going to wash my hands. This was pre-COVID, so no, no oh, cootie sorry. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then, so then he um, he then went back to his bed, and then he said he reached back and realized that Steen Camp was no longer laying down. He freaked out, put on his legs, went running, which I'm like, it took him like a second, right? So why did he put his legs on? What was the importance of putting your legs on? Because he couldn't maneuver easier than like. But he already ran. To go attack. That's what they didn't get. That's what they, they're like. They're like, Do why? You know what I mean, yeah. I'm gonna go attack the intruder with no legs. Oh, but it might be her. So let me put my my legs on. Well, I think it made him more comfortable to walk around. But I did think that because I was like, dude, if you've been living 20-something years, at this point, you've learned how to yeah. live with and without yeah, yeah. legs. And he was going to And he, and he attacked someone. And then, chase and then exactly. Like, and then the intruder was going to attack him, and he was fine with no legs. He well, was, he was considered a flat blade runner with his blades on. Yeah. Not with the, his stumps. I know, but when he went to go get the intruder in the bathroom, he didn't have you his legs on. You figured you'd put on yeah. the fastest moving yes. shoes as yeah, if they're gonna attack you, yeah, you want to be as fast as you can be. Cause okay, let's just say he shot into whatever supposed person yeah. was like breaking with in. no legs. With no, but yeah, right. Yeah. But if you want to, if you want to move fast, like what if he didn't kill and the person opened the door and he that's seems, true. He seems like he'd love to chase and shoot. So yeah. wouldn't you want to be the fastest yeah. you can be? Like, I don't like this man. I don't like it. 
<laughs> so then he went, he realized he freaked out. He went to the restroom. He tried to push the door open, which he couldn't because there was something holding him back. He used a cricket bat, Obvious. no, a rugby bat, uh, <laughs> to break the door open. And that's when he realized that Steenkamp was on the floor. So um, Reva Steenkamp was standing in a toilet cubicle. This was testimony and facing the closed door when she was hit in the right hip by the first of the four hollow bullet points by the... Um, she then fell back into the magazine holder and was struck by his nine millimeter. Oh, sorry, I'm repeating myself. Um, Quick question: Was when she was shot like hip and then like higher and higher? Like, what was? Did do they say the time? Like, did it was they, back to back. The four okay, shots. So, they were one okay, after so the other. Because like, I mean, shooting is quick. It's like boom, 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 boom. So if he shot her the first time. Is there if time for her to scream? scream? If she had time for to scream, like, well, it wouldn't uh, have mattered, right? Well, and then they said that the noise of these bullets and the, how close he was, yeah. it, it would have, like, los hubiera aturdido. Like, it would have, like... Even if she screamed, it would have... I mean, the noise or, it might have, and and I mean, in the heat of what is it? What do you call it? In the heat passion. of the heat of passion, if if it was premeditated or not, like it was, but okay. Well, yeah, allegedly. At <laughs> yeah. this point, it's allegedly. No. No, so the detective said that she threw up her hands to cover her head in court, and he repl replicated this defensive position. Um, the mother had to see the photos of the bloody scene mm -hmm. of her daughter shooting. That's Police ballistics said that the bullet that struck Steenkamp's skull broke into two fragments, one of which exited her head and struck the wall behind her, which is the reason why she had fragments in the back of her head. One of the other things I found interesting is that because this is not a jury trial, they kept on saying my lady. And at first I was like, who's my lady? And it turned out that even though they're, they're responding to the defense attorney, it's they're referring, they're giving the response to the judge who was a female judge. Um, she was a sweet lady. Yeah. Steenkamp ended up slumped into a seated or semi-seated position on top of the magazine rack in the cubicle when she was hit another two times. She then ended up with her head on top of the toilet seat, which they actually showed the picture of her really? over the toilet seat, and like her slumped. Was, in her, oh and, yeah. Can't they warn her? Like, hey, we're going to show graphic photos. Back then, was, back then, there was no trigger warning thing. And she was... That wasn't even that long ago. It was like almost... Was, well, 18 years ago. Okay, well, rub it in my face. Why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> we totally just <laughs> aged ourselves. <laughs> so they determined that Pistorius fired from a distance of at least 60 centimeters and no further than a wall behind him, about three meters away. Again, Europeans and their metrics, I don't know. Us Americans, I don't get that. But it hits the target. The the These type of bullets in Pistorius' gun were designed to cause maximum damage. It hits the target, opens up, creates six talons, and these talons are sharp. It cuts through the organs of a human being. He noted that this brand of ammunition was often used for self-defense because while it caused significant damage to a human target, it was less likely to penetrate the first target and hit other people. Um, so more ballistics experts testified, and they said that most likely Pistorius was probably on his stumps when he fired, supporting the athlete's statement that he was not wearing his prosthetic limbs. And didn't they notice if the bullet came straight? or? From yes, the ballistics expert said that I can tell by the trajectory that he was uh, under. under, and it, it went up, which is, I think, why it's the first one struck her in the hip, mm -hmm. and then it like went like this, like that. Because oh, she was trying to cover, because yeah. of course, oh, yeah, if yeah. she's behind the closed door, she has no yeah. idea where the bullets oh. are coming from. And if she oh, has, she's if she has like, the moment to cover, I'm sure she's screaming. Yeah, again, like, how did he not hear that? She's not like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how? <laughs> 
So, um, again, um, so on September 12, 2014, he was found not guilty of murder, but was guilty of culpable homicide. In October 2014, he was sentenced to five years, but only served 10 months. Yeah. The next, the in December of the next year, the Court of Appeals overturned this homicide verdict and found him guilty of murder. On July 2016, the judge sentenced him to six years in prison. Um, in the November 2017, he was jailed to a term of 13 years, and he will be eligible for parole in 2023. I read somewhere that he only gets 46 visits per year. That's a lot of visits. Poor me. Yeah. Only. Yeah. Yeah. So just want to remind everybody, you know, if you are in an abusive relationship, let somebody know. Yeah, let anybody know. I I was in an abusive relationship in college and 40-year-old me with 12, 20-year-old me, que no seas pendeja, don't be stupid. And if you ever feel like you need to talk to somebody, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline. 1-800-799-SAFE, which is 1-800-799-7233. Go to their website where you can also chat with a live person or just tell somebody, like, give a code or something. And I don't know, like we always say, mucho ojo y anden con las pilas puestas. Be alert and always have your batteries on, literally. Bye. Ciao. Ciao.